Welcome to the Reality of Herbal Therapy podcast today. But before we begin, we want to um, inform you of our disclaimer. Do not feel that by listening to this podcast that we have dispensed medical advice to you or have given you the ability to treat yourself or others with this information. We do not directly or indirectly dispense medical advice or prescribe the use of herbs as a form of treatment for sickness without medical approval. It's not the intent of this podcast to diagnose, diagnose or prescribe. The intent is only to offer herbal information from the herbalist's point of view, only for your consideration. In the event you use this information without your doctor's approval, you are prescribing for yourself, which is your God-given right. But the publisher and authors assume no responsibility. Today we're going to be talking about allergies and allergy conjunctivitis. On our panel we have... Dr. Michael James, his son Scott James, and special treat, my wife Lynn is here with us. She's sworn up and down she's not going to say anything, but I have challenged her to be quiet. Now let's see how long that lasts. See, I already embarrassed you up front. Um, Who wants to explain this subject before we go on? I guess I will. <laughs> so, Everybody's um, looking at you. I guess. So, allergies, um, conjunctivitis. Uh, conjunctivitis basically just gunk in your eyes um and that comes from a host of different things i mean pink eye causes it but generally the cause is just allergens in the air dirty stuff in the air dirt when dirt blows around in new mexico you're playing with a cat and shoving it in your eyes for some reason cats always get blamed for they can't get blamed for it because they're outside and they're rolling in the dirt and then you can roll them in your face i love my wife and that's the only reason i have a cat but <laughs> I'm conjunctivitis. So she came with a cat? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, and then allergies. Allergies are anything you're allergic to. Oftentimes we think of the sneezing and the, the coughing. And especially during this season, it's been horrible. <laughs> Working at our health food store, we have people coming in and hey, as we can't keep it on the shelf. And we can't keep eye bread on the shelf because it's involving the eyes and their allergies and their sniffling and all of that. <laughs> But um, I don't know what else to say. We we'll see a conjunctivitis. Um, you know, that's a an irritation of the conjunctiva the outside of the eye. Okay, and generally, kids get a lot of it. it it's like in the morning when they wake up and their eyes they can't open their eyes because they're all gooeyed up. Okay. I made an herbal salve, and I, and I need to tell a story about it yet because. It, I, I had a patient come in. I, I had her taking marshmallow root salve and, and rubbing it through the orbit of the eye and the eyelash and around the socket of the eye. It doesn't have to go in the eye, but it, it doesn't hurt it if it does, if you, if you can get past the ouch. But uh, just putting it through the eyelashes and in the orbit of the eye, it penetrates into the eye and soothes the conjuncta, conjunctiva of the eye. Well, I had given this patient the marshmallow root salve and uh, she came back all the next day all freaked out oh my goodness my doctor said I, my child would go blind if I used marshmallow salve and I, and I it kind of took me back it's like first off medical doctors aren't aware of marshmallow root salve and second off I know without a doubt after talking with her that the doctor was concerned that this individual was making salve out of the confection marshmallow. So he, he, he was all freaked out trying to get her to not put 
sugar in the kid's eye. Well, I wouldn't want her to put sugar in the kid's eye either, but it, it, it lost some in the translation. She didn't say marshmallow root salve. So every time I think of conjunctivitis or marshmallow root salve, I think of that story because it was so, it was so funny because it was a lack of communication. However, marshmallow root salve absolutely will take care of and, and help conjunctivitis. And any itching, pterygiums, pterygiums are, are where the white part of the eye is starting to grow into the color. Part of the eye has some blood veins in it. That's from dry eye. And that, that soothes significantly with marshmallow root salve. And there's other things. You're, now, you're I, sucking I air, so. I know I've had talk. pink eye. Um, I was on a camp out one time with the Boy Scouts. And I realized I had pink eye and I didn't want them to send me home, but I had eyes have on me. Were so you I thought, a kid or a leader? Um, when I was a kid. Okay. And so I got, um, I had eyes have on me, so I put eyes have and I got some sunglasses so they couldn't see my eyes and just kept my eyes covered in it. And none of the boys knew and none of them got pink eye. And it was gone before the camp out was over. It is really, <laughs> it is, it's considered very uh, contagious. Only in that children are very social, you know. Ooh, you got an eye, and they want to touch it, and then of course they infect their own eye. So uh, let's talk about uh, eye health altogether. <clears throat> with allergies and things like that, you end up with an herbal formula called Eye Bright, very very soothing and helpful. And this right now, there's they've, they've got termed uh, allergic conjunctivitis. Only in that the people are suffering from allergies at the same time, and the eyes are involved. So, as as a therapy, uh, sinuses and allergies respond very, very, very well to to hayas. However, with this particular strain, uh, eyebright would be a, a very a good addition to that too. Um, very simple to solve. But you, uh, those two things will really make a difference. I do suggest that if you're using any herbal salve on conjunctivitis, you use you don't stick the same finger in the in the goo in the salve. Use one finger to wipe it through the eye. Use another finger to wash your hands off and do it again because there's a slight possibility of infecting the other eye, not because it'll grow in the salve, but you know you, you're doing both eyes and there's no reason to involve. Um, it, because you can, wa- just washing your hands, putting your kid in the, in the bathtub or getting in the shower and giving yourself a good soaping up really help too. And whenever we're talking about conjunctivitis in the eyes or anything like that, it's really hard to separate what's going in the eyes and separate it from the sinuses and everything that's really close because a lot of them suffer the same. They require the similar nutrients and they'll all start to suffer. Generally, if your eyes are having an issue, your nose is running or you got a bit of a cough. And swabbing your nose with ice, uh, ice marshmallow root salve is also very soothing. Now, you haven't had any kids that have had this problem, have you, Lynn? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we've had kids with itchy eyes and with other stuff. And I always use the, the salve first thing and make sure their eyes stay clean and stuff. But something I found that makes a huge difference is paying attention to what they are eating when those kinds of things are going around. So my kids are especially sensitive to dairy when they have allergies already. And um, if their eyes are bothering them and their nose is running, I can give them all the herbs I want and put all the salve on the eyes there I want. But if they're drinking three cups of milk a day or having cereal for breakfast and cheese sandwiches for lunch, I can't get it to go away. But if I stop those things and give them fruits and vegetables, 
It just helps and goes away faster. So you think milk is a problem? Milk for my children makes a huge difference. There's different kinds of milk. What kind of milk are you talking about? Uh, store-bought, pasteurized, all that kind of milk. When we're doing raw milk So, from, city milk. Yeah, city milk. When we do raw milk from the family cow, I have never seen that affect their allergies at all. Raw cheese, raw, raw, all that stuff usually actually helps. But the, when we do the town stuff, stuff like that? um, that makes a difference too on the quality of the yogurt. What, what level of it it is, it affects them because for a long time we would do milk at home with the family cow or um, be buying raw milk and my kids would be doing great. Then we would go visiting friends, family, or neighbors, especially if it was an extended stay type thing, and my kids would have allergies and runny noses and coughs before we ever got home. And we realized it was because they they had store-bought milk in their house and I had raw milk in my house. And, you know, one of the things that's very interesting is after the age three, you stop producing um, the proper digestive enzymes to even break down milk entirely. You don't produce them anymore. Um, You start uh, less and less up to the age three, and then you just stop producing them. So at age three, you don't really have much of a capability to digest milk. Besides the fact if you're doing it raw, then there's all the lactobacillus and the stuff that it needs to break itself down, basically, and be able to go through your system and be utilized. So, so that you can drink city milk until you're three? Is that what you're telling me? And they have to go to until you're three, farm milk? I'm just saying until you're three, you have ability to break down those proteins and break down a lot of it. So it's it can be less of an issue, but you have no nutrient value in it because it's destroyed um, all the nutrient value by cooking it. You've gotten mm-hmm. rid of the lactobacillus. Well, pasteurization purifies and gets rid of all the germs that are going to hurt people. I mean, isn't that a good thing? Well, the whole point of milk, and has been for centuries, is it's a probiotic. It has all oh, the digestive oh, you enzymes. You used the word probiotic. Too. I did. Oh, it has all of the digestive enzymes, the lactobacillus, and all of those things that are necessary for good digestive health. And when it's pasteurized, it no longer has that. Well, tell us a little bit about how cheese is made. Maybe that'll help the yeah. audience understand. And actually, cheese is made by that uh, digestive enzyme, um, rennet that we don't produce as we get older when actually they use rennet in um, in making cheese. If it's an animal rennet, they take the calf's stomach and they get the rennet from the calf's stomach. Um, if it's a vegetable, there are several different vegetables that actually have rennet in it. Um, and the rennet actually breaks it down to a more usable um, nutrient. Does it act, is it true that, that when you're making cheese, you're basically giving one of those bacterias... A priority? Or um, a variety. You're giving um, all of the lactobacillus the environment and the priority of growing. And when they grow, they make no space for any of the bad bacteria to be there. So then pasteurized milk, all those are sterilized. Exactly. And in order to, if you were going to make cheese out of pasteurized milk, you have to add cultures to it. And you have to have a lot more, cult, add a lot more cultures to a pasteurized milk than you would if it's a fresh milk. If it's a fresh from the cow, you actually only need to add just a little bit. And sometimes, for some cheeses, you don't have to add any because all of the bacteria is there. So then you're saying bacteria is good? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) If we don't have bacteria in our body to eat up um, the bad things or take place, because we only have enough room for a certain amount of bacteria, in a sense, in our body. And if it's full of good bacteria, there's no space for the bad. 
So if we're constantly putting good bacteria, like the stuff that's in milk, and um, there's bacteria and other stuff farm in milk. some of the foods, farm milk, <laughs> uh, unpasteurized milk, then it, it it fills up that deficit. And it's actually really good for our digestive tract. A lot of people talk about taking um, a probiotic or whatever, and that's often thought of as just the lactobacillus. Um, milk is far superior to that, especially raw raw milk is. But once it's pasteurized, you actually lose a lot of the ability to digest or break it down or anything. So even if it does have any nutrients, we aren't absorbing it, especially when they take the fat out of it because it takes the fat to even absorb the calcium that's in it. So it's Lean. it actually becomes very detrimental once they've processed it. It becomes not a food. It becomes a food product that is useless to our system and you it's merely for taste and has no good nutrient value. Lynn mentioned something before you even started this is <clears throat> one of the cures for conjunctivitis that she's heard of and I'm kind of curious whether you ever tried it was mother's milk in the eyeball. I've I've never tried it. I thought it was interesting but I have talked to people that actually keep mother's milk like from a mother person, a mother person, um, a mother person whatever you want to call that, <laughs> Mom, they keep person. it. Yeah, even long after they're not nursing anymore, they keep it in their freezer because it has all sorts of um, value and things like that. And they had used it too for eyes, for just all sorts of stuff. I can't even remember all the things she said it was good for. Well, I'll just keep stabbing my well, house. Yeah, unless you have a fresh mother. <laughs> like, for instance, uh, and the reason I brought this up was because <clears throat> Scott's talking about the bacteria in the unpasteurized milk, farm milk. And that's the the thing that helps make cheese and yogurts and other things like that. Because what happens is that particular culture takes over and then it becomes a, a, a yogurt. Or, or that particular uh, culture takes over and it becomes a cheese. Um the, that per, those particular bacteria are, are helpful in perhaps the reason mother's milk helps that, uh, is that mother's milk is generally raw and you can get availability and those particular bacteria will also take care of conjunctivitis. Mm-hmm. And I also think you said that those cultures create yogurts, but oftentimes when they create a yogurt, Lynn was saying that there's good yogurts and there are bad yogurts, but they're all made with cultures. Yeah, the reason it is because they'll make it with the cultures and they'll let it grow into yogurt, but then they kill the cultures, so it stabilizes it and keeps it exactly how it was at that point. It can't grow anymore, it can't change, those cultures are no longer alive, and that's when it's completely different. It's like they pasteurized it again. It's like in food, uh, cultured things like sauerkraut and and things like that are always very wonderful foods, and particularly foods that that we don't get much in the American diet. <clears throat> People say, well, I'm, I'm taking my acid alpha or I'm doing yogurt. You do need to, if you're going to eat yogurt, find one that the cultures are still active and alive versus one that's been sterilized after it's created the yogurt. Well, also, if we're going to talk about yogurts, too, something that's made a huge difference for my family with yogurt is some of those good brands that I can find live cultures in. Um have some adverse ingredients in their yogurts if they are flavored. So I'm my glad family, you that up. we brought, we buy um, plain yogurt, and I add my own flavorings because of some of the adverse things give that they add. They give, add some dyes. Give, give us a brand that you that you like. Um, I'm trying to think. There's there's a few different ones, but actually, it's not. It's plain yogurt 
it just plain yogurt, I can use quite a few brands. Mountain High, um, I just can't even remember well, them. But I found that even in really good brands, brands that really tout some like value, yeah, all of those, but like they that. still have certain flavors that they offer that have things added to them that my kids react to that as much as they do so, other things. So, so we, the excitotoxins. We've talked about excitotoxins, so you can use that word, that word very... Yeah, yeah. So the excitotoxins affect my children um, on that more. They react a lot better if I buy it and flavor it myself, or if I make sure they haven't added. Because there's some of them that they've only added vanilla and um, actual real honey or something like that, not corn syrup and um, red dye. And I'm, I'm trying to think. Just even the word natural flavors in there. If it or says natural ultra, flavors, I don't buy it. Or ultra pasteurized. Ultra pasteurized is, is an excitotoxin yes. all in itself. So it, it, we've mentioned excitotoxin. So those that are listening, please go to our, some of our podcasts that talk about excitotoxin because there's some real good information there. And this does play into to eyes. Diet plays into eyes. Well, if you notice, we've talked about every time we talk about any element, we're always talking about food, 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 <laughs> because our health always starts in our digestive tract. Our eyes are a reflection of how good our liver is doing, and our liver has a lot to do with how well we're digesting everything. So we're cleaning things up, and if we're making sure we have a healthy digestive tract, a lot of other things get better. Because we get our nutrients, we get our health. Our herbs go through our digestive tract to be able to get to us. Everything that makes us healthy and who we are go through our digestive tract. So if our digestive tract and what we're eating is not good, <laughs> we can't take care of our health. I've always said, take, make chemicals, don't take chemicals. We are, we, our bodies are the most magnificent chemical manufacturing facilities, not not to mention the size of that awesome facility that will make all kinds of chemicals with water, air, food. We make all of the chemicals we possibly can use by eating food. So the ingredients, if we're going to make chem uh, complex chemical compounds that we need, we need a, a, a plethora of nutrients. And they need to be good nutrients. So if your body's not functioning like it ought to, because the immune system just can't keep up, or the upper respiratory can't keep up, then we have got to look at our suppliers. If you got faulty ingredients, you're not going to produce the chemicals that you need to produce. We should make our chemicals, not take them, and we can't make them without good supply of nutrients. Because that's what's broken down to. So, so back to con conjunctivitis. Sometimes light uh, irritates conjunctivitis. So I would recommend if you got little guys, stick them in a dark room, turn the lights off, take their, their TVs away from them. Oh, yeah. My, <laughs> my kids did not like it when they had allergies and their eyes were bothering them. And, you know, when somebody's sick, I mean, well, at least at my house, when somebody's sick, sometimes we watch a little more movies or TV than usual. But when they have allergies and their eyes are bothering them or a headache and their eyes are bothering them, taking them off of those gadgets absolutely helps to um, speed up their healing process. They don't, they, they're not happy with it, but, but it makes a huge difference. Um, 
with them not looking at some kind of a gadget all day using their eyes. Their eyes need to rest to get better. It, it, we've got so much coming at our eyes nowadays. Uh, there, it used to be when we were uh, out on the farm and, and had very little technology, the only thing we had to look at was the campfire, <laughs> you know? And, and, and we, we become uh, mesmerized with the campfire. But the campfire has turned, turned into gadgets and things like that. So if you've got a, a, someone that's really severe, you need to try to limit that because the input into the eyes, let them rest. And eyes heal better shut. But just plain and simple. <clears throat> if you got a, I'm sure there have been times you've had something in your eye, and it just feels better to shut it. The 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 eye produces moistures and things to wash the eyes clean. It's the the natural mechanism uh, of of watering eyes and and taking care of that is stimulated by marshmallow root sap. Now, if I was if I had Conjunctivitis. I'm gonna check the time here. Oh, we're coming up to 20 minutes. If if I had conjunctivitis, mom, what would you do for me? What what would you do? As a mom, yeah, I would definitely use the the eye salve, but I which is called marshmallow root marshmallow salve. root salve. It has eyeballs on it, so my my photographic memory um sees pictures so i would use the marshmallow root salve but i always in my house i have wipes on hand all the time like baby wipes so every time before i put salve in my kids eyes or in my eyes or my husband's eyes or whatever we usually wipe them out with that if we're not just sticking their face in the sink and washing it off but um that's fun use the wipes clean it up and then put the and then put the salve on and sometimes we do that quite a few times a day um and then like you said to have them rest with their eyes closed or just not be busy, staying busy with their eyes open on gadgets. But then I always, I I would check their diet. I would check what on earth they're eating. I've been trying quite a bit to jump into this conversation, but Lynn is the oldest of 11, and boy, can she talk. We appreciate <laughs> her. For, and you, how many, how many kids do you have? Eight. So then you speak from experience with conjunctivitis. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a question about your your wipes. Do you watch for anything particular? Do you try to get a good quality baby wipe with I have, stuff in it? I go through so many because I've oftentimes had three babies in diapers and stuff that it just wasn't a huge priority of mine to have the best wipes on the market because they are very, very expensive. So if you can afford them, use something great. But I just, I usually went unscented because the scents were so, and I don't do any of the, the ones that have all the added stuff, and I definitely do not use the antibacterial. I wouldn't use those on eyes, faces, anything. Those are so then you the said, chemicals in those are you actually, nasty. You actually said that you don't pay attention, but what you just said was that you. <laughs> I guess I do pay attention, but I don't go to the health food store and buy the unbleached organic wipes. I buy wipes. I like mine at Costco, the Costco brand of the unscented wipes that they have. So that's a cheap one. Yeah, and but that, I don't buy. The, the, um, I don't even use the, what are those called? The disinfectant wipes in my house at all. Those things are just really not good for you. And on them, they have labels that say, don't get them near children. So anything that says, don't get it near a child, I usually don't use it. Because you're a child, you're my child. So that's, that's, yeah. good, that's good advice. Yeah. Okay. So, 
So basically, clean clean the kid's eyes up. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else would you do for me? Because I've got a bad case of conjunctivitis and allergies. Then there's the, um, with anything that involves the sinuses, which to me, eyes are like right there attached in all of that. Then there's always the hayas, infection, and um, because it's the eyes, the eye bright with that. So if my kids had it, I usually go heavier on the infection. So, um, and I mix for my children, I mix it up in honey or in the homemade cough syrup we make because some of them just can't swallow those pills yet. So I would mix up probably, um, I would do three fection to one Hayaz with one Eyebright, um, and then give them a little bit of it spread out throughout the day. I don't have them take it all at once. I give them a little bit now and a little bit in half an hour and a little bit more in another half an hour and a little bit. With my littler children, that's like a drop or two. That's not a lot. Just enough to coat their mouth and they swallow it down. So then, I'm one of your kids. With that therapy, when are you going to see results with me? It actually happens pretty quick. If I, I usually, because we do things all naturally, I don't wait until things get horrible before I try to treat them. If I wait until they're horrible, it's going to take about a week before they're 100% better. If you catch it in the beginning, once you start seeing that their eyes are itchy and that whatever's going around, it's you get on top of it very fast, like within one day, and you just keep up that regimen and stay on top of it until it passes. Okay. Well, does it make you feel bad to, to dose your own kids? Aren't you afraid to dose your own kids with herbs? No, because that's the way I've always done it, and it has no adverse side effects. I've seen people that buy their stuff for their kids at the local drugstore or whatever, like Walgreens or Walmart or whatever, and their kids can't, (laughs) they can't do anything. They've got all these side effects. They've got a headache because of the stuff they're taking for their eyes. They can't, they're um, not like kids are driving, but they're not allowed to do all sorts of stuff. They don't even want them riding a bike if they've taken certain things and, and just all sorts of stuff, and I... I have no problem giving it to my kids because what I give them is food anyways. It all came from plants. It's all natural. It's all, and it's tried and true. My family, so like dad here, Dr. James, has used it through all of his kids, and I'm like 40 years old. So for 40 years now, they've been um, tried and tested and worked very, very well with with no adverse side effects that I know of. So I, I believe in it wholeheartedly. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, we've got about five minutes to close up. You, you I'd like to mention vitamin C. We haven't okay. talked about vitamin you, C. You right <laughs> vitamin C. C is really important with any of these things. It helps with our immune system. It helps clean things up. Um, vitamin C is one of those things that you can choose to get chewables and just have your kids chew on vitamin C regularly around this season or whatever. But the cytotoxins awesome. in those are lovely. Yeah, so you have to you have to pay attention. Um, but in the process of looking at different vitamin Cs and their qualities, we have we have our own vitamin C, which is just herbs. It's just acerola cherries and uh, paprika and one other and oregano, <laughs> and um, which naturally have a lot of vitamin C in it, and it's really phenomenal. It actually tastes pretty good. Have you ever tasted it? Well, that makes <laughs> you can me open it up and mix it up, and it, it tastes really good. But vitamin C is phenomenal for a lot of things: for our allergies, for our sinuses, for our immune system, for um, just actually cleaning out excitotoxins. If you have excitotoxins in your system, a larger amount of vitamin C, which is an antioxidant, helps to actually get rid of a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It's huge, huge benefit to use vitamin C. 
Well, I forgot about that I when want, you asked I, me. I want, yes. I want you to tell you a story about, I walked over to your house one day and the, one of your babies was eating an orange and she was screaming. Because it was <laughs> running down her face and getting a sore on her face or <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what was going on with that? My daughter had um, impetigo, and we'd been working on it to get it better and stuff. And I was shocked. We had been we had tried all different things, and they play in dirt well, and whatever. Well, the problem with her so is hard to get it better. So- rough and rugged, you know. Yeah, and falling down. Hard and to keep her. anything on her. Yeah, but when we got, we bought a bag of oranges. Like, well, actually, I think it was a box that time of oranges, and we went through them very fast. But the orange juice on her face actually helped to heal that better than a lot of the other things that I tried. So inside and out, it was actually very healing for her. Well, in your defense of battling for a long period of time, this little this little girl, she. You can't hardly keep anything on her. Yeah. Uh, and 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 we found that the vitamin C would just, she was screaming a little bit. She loved to eat the oranges, but that impetigo just. Yeah, it cleared up everything the juice went on way faster. But like with what I was saying earlier, when you guys asked me what I would give them for the eyes, so with the vitamin C, with you mentioning that, it reminded me, I forget, when my kids, when it is flu season and when the, allergies and the eyes and everything are going around, I mix up in my medicine. I put in one of our multivitamins, our B's and C's, a C, and nemia. And it for some reason that so, helps. When I don't mix in those nutrients that help to, to feed the entire body, I don't get the same effect as when I do. Are you opening capsules up and putting in your cough syrup? Is that what you're yeah, saying? You yep, yeah, okay. I mix it in now, when they need those that extra boost. We do have a cough syrup Mixture? How do you? What's the name of it? Cutter mix. Oh wow! <laughs> no, I imagine that. You okay. have to make it yourself. It's just okay. our, so basically, it, it's the herbs and it gives you the instructions on how to make your own cough syrup. And what does that make? Like how much of it does yeah. it make? It makes a quart. a quart. It's a little less than a quart. Yeah, and the recipes online also that you can buy the herbs anywhere, or you can buy the kit from us, which is just really easy. Then you don't have to go hunting for everything there is. But that cough syrup is absolutely amazing in how it works. It's not the best flavor, but my kids know it works, so they take it anyways. They love. But that's the where side you put it. the powder. That's where I put there, mine in that. Yeah. Then have them shake it up. Yeah. My wife is. Oh, sorry. My wife is super picky when it comes to taste, and I can make her get it down. So. Yeah, yeah, and when I mix it up like that, when I mix up my herbs in that cough syrup, that cough syrup, because of the way it's made, I have kept it out on the cupboard for weeks at a time with those herbs mixed in with it and never had any bacteria grow in it or have it make anyone sick or smell nasty or anything. Yeah, because I mix it up in big enough quantities that my kids are taking it quite a few times every day, and I can easily store it like that for a week. And it's preserved with vinegar. Now, the original recipe used to call for uh, raspberry vinegar. I would recommend if you want to do raspberry vinegar that you buy some good raspberries and soak them in vinegar and make your own raspberry vinegar because one of the additives of raspberry flavor is just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, nasty. yeah. And we have changed the recipe. It does now call for apple cider vinegar even though the raspberry tasted better. We weren't willing to give it up for what the ingredients. But I'm saying you want to make your own raspberry vinegar. Very simple to do. Even if you get a really good quality dried raspberry, you can actually just add that to the mix if you wanted because it's that's what raspberry vinegar is. It's just um, raspberries 
that they had in the vinegar and then they filter it afterward. They just made like an yeah. extract of vinegar, and extract did, of raspberries. When we did the raspberry vinegar, it didn't. My kids didn't like it any better than when we just do it with apple cider vinegar. And I've vinegar. done it with apple cider. It didn't make enough fine. of a difference. So you can try it with the raspberries, and that may help. It may make it so that your kids like it. For mine, it wasn't worth the effort for me. But the recipe will make it a fairly good quantity and will... And, and it will. stores a long time. I keep it in the fridge in a jar for a year. And and Jim was saying you like to keep it in the fridge just to help improve the taste. Yeah, it actually does taste better over time. So... Well, and cold, is, yes. Is there any other things you want to bring up? Because we're at, at 30 mi minutes. We're going to cut it off here. One real quick thing that I thought of is we talk, we keep talking about eyebright. You may want to do the difference between eyebright and eyebright. It's like the oh, yes, the herb eyebright well, and the formula eyebright. Tell us about <laughs> eyebright. Well, the, the formula eyebright has eyebright in it, which is eyebright is a plant on its own. Um, but the formula has other things in it like fenugreek. And, uh, Oregon grape and Oregon golden, grape sill golden sill and bayberry and Scott awesome formula. So Scott knows a lot more about it than I do. So <laughs> we appreciate you bringing that up. I had thought about that earlier, but it just went right out the door. Yeah, so just don't go online and look up eyebright well, herb, and, and but will, you're talking eyebright the formula. But the formula, our formula is much superior. I've used it for uh, for that conjunctivitis, cataracts, glaucoma, mm -hmm. any eye problem. So it's been great talking with you. It's been good having Lynn. She absolutely said she wasn't going to say anything, but we tricked her. And Jim even talked today. So it's, well, yeah. The eyebright, we used eyebright because it's a phenomenal herb, and we use other herbs to help complement what it's done, and it cleans up the liver, and it does so many more phenomenal things than just eyebright. Well, the formula eyebright is synergistic, and when you take one herb and you complement it with others, then you make a, a better formula. Mm -hmm. uh, formulas work better in the body. That's why when we sit down to eat, we don't just eat broccoli. Okay? So it's been good having you with us. Uh, we appreciate your time listening with us. Thank you.